When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Monday morning, the 28th day of October. And I'll bet there are plenty of folks out there that are plenty tuckered. Man, everywhere I traveled across the state, I was seeing tractors and combines and grain carts and semis rolling up and down the roads uh, trying to get the job done. Like I said, it's wherever the field's allowed because there's still plenty of standing water in some of the states. For today, it looks like we are going to see mostly cloudy skies. 45 are expected high. We've got about a 10% chance of showers rolling in later this afternoon into the evening. Overnight lows down to around 30. For tomorrow, the best we'll do is 40 degrees. Overnight lows down to 29. For Wednesday, 39 is as warm as we'll get. Overnight lows down to 28. Not a lot of chance of precipitation in the forecast, but again, it's something we're going to have to think about. We'll hear what Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has to say about that in about 15 minutes. Also up before 6 o'clock, three of our Wisconsin farmers have been selected by Governor Tony Evers to be on his climate task force. Who are they? I've got the name. Stick around for that. Also up before 6 o'clock, how has this weather impacted our Wisconsin potato and vegetable growers? Got a chance to visit last week with Tamis Houlihan, executive director of that group, and you might be surprised to find out how they fared in 2019. You stick around, all those conversations coming up before 6. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success, like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Believe it or not, but National FFA Convention is going to be happening very, very soon. It's at the end of this month and into the first couple days of November. National FFA Convention taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, we want, obviously, we want to put our Wisconsin roots in Indianapolis. And Scott, you and Bob have uh, made our Wisconsin roots very well known in Indy up there, correct? Yeah, Bob has for sure. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Bob caught up with Colin Welsin, the Wisconsin FFA president from Arcadia, and he's talking about, Colin, about that upcoming convention and some of the awards the Wisconsin members will be receiving and the awards they'll be competing for at the convention. He starts by asking Colin how the first four months with his new officer team have gone by, especially having his younger brother on the team, as he takes us into that discussion. Well, my brother and I are still talking to each other, if that says anything about it. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good start. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we've been extremely busy. We are really hit the ground running. I had a very busy summer months with getting all trained in and going to the Ag Teachers Conference and uh, Foundation Golf Outing. And we actually got to go out to D.C. for a week and visit with uh, other state officers from across the country and then uh, visit with legislators out there as well. Came back and... Uh, Took in the 11 days of state fair. Uh, myself and a couple officers also got to attend the Growmark annual meeting. Uh, so that was fun. And then we moved into September, which was really busy with sectional leadership workshop season. A huge success. Had about 2,300 members 
attend uh, those, which is actually record-breaking attendance this year uh, for Wisconsin FFA. So that was very exciting. And then now moving into October here, uh, we're getting into uh, chapter visit season. So sectional officers are out and about visiting all the chapters. Uh, all 250 chapters in Wisconsin will have a visit. Uh, so, And then part of my job as president is to go around and observe each one of those. So that's actually what I'm doing right now uh, is getting out and watching each one of the sectional officers there. So I'm putting a lot of miles on. I actually was over in Door County last week observing one of my officers. So getting to see a lot of parts of the state with a lot of new FFA members. So it's been fun. But, uh, yeah, we've been staying busy. And uh, we're looking to provide the best possible experience for FFA members. And from what I've seen so far, I think we're doing just that. I'm sure you are. And, of course, besides doing all that, you're carrying 15 credits over at the University <laughs> of Wisconsin, River Falls. So congratulations to you. Colin, as you lead our delegation from Wisconsin, which will include 13 delegates or 12 delegates and one alternate, what are some of the, do you know at this time, what are some of the issues that the delegates will have to decide and vote on in Indianapolis? Yeah, sure. So as far as official voting business this year, uh, there's nothing too controversial, but uh, one of the coolest opportunities we have is we get to vote to approve the the updated federal charter. So uh, this past year, the new federal charter went through um, House and Senate, and then eventually got signed by the president. And this is big for us because it really modernized our organization. Uh, our the FFA is one of the few organizations that actually have our own federal charter, uh, and actually hasn't been updated since I think when Truman was president. So it's it's been a long time in the making, and it's really good that we uh, finally get the chance to put it set it in stone. So that'll be the biggest thing we're voting on. Uh, but then we'll also be doing all kinds of committee work throughout the week. We have six different committees. Uh, focusing on how can we improve our competitive events, uh, matching them more uh, with the modern ag uh, industry, uh, looking at production agriculture, how can we continue to uh, have opportunities for our members who are still uh, solidly focused on production agriculture, looking to expand our urban agriculture uh, membership and how we can continue to welcome those members into our organization. Uh, looking at possibly realigning regions to better uh, suit how membership is divided nationally now, uh, looking at how we can continue to uh, make our organization as inclusive to all members when it comes down to it. Uh, so a lot of different topics there we'll be discussing. I'll uh, have different committee hearings. Uh, six different officers will be giving oral testimony in those committees to try to uh, let our voice at Wisconsin FFA be heard at the national level. So a lot of exciting business ahead. With this updated charter, is there a significance to some of the changes in it, or we just updated the dates, or are there some modern parts of it? Yeah, so a lot of it's language. I mean, one of the biggest things is a three-circle model is now uh, being actually it is written in there so that it's really instilling the fact that we are an intracurricular organization, meaning uh, to be an FFA member, you must be enrolled in an ag education class, so that's actually in the charter now. And it's also uh, kind of clearing some stuff up regarding uh, the leadership of our organization at the national level, uh, some of the political stuff, if you will, but uh, it's a lot more clear now and definitely um, working in our favor that way. Oh, that's good. And, of course, as always, Wisconsin will have one of the largest delegations at the National FFA Convention, as we always do, and there will be a lot of folks recognized from all over the state. So let's go through that. First of all, the honorary awards for adults that uh, do an awful lot of good things for Wisconsin FFA, who's going to be recognized from the state? Yeah, so we're actually going to have four honorary American degrees this year. Uh, Heidi Clausen uh, from up in this area in Amory will be receiving her American degree, and of course she did all kinds of work at the country today uh, supporting FFA that way. 
Corey Dolan of Westby has conducted the Wisconsin FFA Honors Band in recent years. Roger King is a longtime ag teacher of Holman High School, and then also Mark Strohshine as well. So uh, very cool to have those represented down in Indianapolis. And also, we're going to have some uh, National Outstanding Achievement Awards, and they will be from different parts of the state, too. Yeah, so uh, our National Outstanding Achievement Awards uh, will be by Mark Olson from the Denmark FFA Alumni and Janet Schneider of the Campbell Sport FFA Alumni. And then our Denmark FFA Alumni is actually a regional finalist for the Outstanding Chapter Award. And our state association as a whole is a finalist for the Outstanding State Association Award. So a lot of good alumni involvement as well that we're celebrating. And maybe the busiest person at the convention from Wisconsin is going to be, uh, well, the lady that preceded you, uh, Amelia Hayden from the Bigfoot FFA. Tell us about her involvement. Yeah, so uh, Amelia is going to be a busy girl down there. Uh, I've gotten to know Amelia real well over the last year, serving as her teammate, and she is actually Wisconsin's national officer candidate. So she'll be going through a series of brutal interviews throughout the week, uh, competing for one of the six spots to serve as a national officer. Uh, we think she's got a real good shot at it, so we're really excited about that. Uh, she's also going to be competing uh, as a national star in agri-science finalist, so, uh, which also should be going through a series of interviews. So. She's definitely going to have a big convention, but we're excited to see how it turns out for her. Yeah, and unusual. Wisconsin's only has one star finalist, and it's Amelia. Also, something that Wisconsin has really grasped over the years, and uh, these are these agri-science fair projects, and a lot of FFA chapters are going to be represented. Give us an idea about which chapters are going to have uh, individuals or teams in Indianapolis in the agri-science fair. Yeah, this is something we're also very excited about. Uh, Agri-science has really taken off in our state, and we're uh, proud about how it's continued to expand throughout the years. Uh, just to give you an idea of the chapters that will be represented down there, uh, New Auburn, Wrightstown, Bigfoot, Adams Friendship, Pulaski, New London, Stevens Point, Wausau, Union Grove, Schulzburg. Uh, so all kinds of different students will be competing down there in individual and team contests. So. Also, we've got the, the proficiency awards. Those are those individual areas, beef production, dairy production, things like that. And again, there'll be a lot of chapters represented down there with members on stage. Yeah, there sure will. We'll have about 15 different uh, finalists and proficiencies, members ranging from Denmark to Wyoiga, Fremont, Bondewell, Wapaka, Marshfield, Pittsville, Keel, Wyoiga, Fremont again, Darlington, Amherst, Randolph, Cambria, Friesland, and Pulaski. All right, and so uh, the involvement will be in every session. And also, as we uh, look forward to the musical entertainment, we've got a lot of young people from uh, Wisconsin will be in not only the national band, but the national chorus as well. Yeah, it sure will. Uh, we got a few different band members uh, from Sevastopol, Mount Horb, and Wisconsin Heights this year, and then also several national chorus members uh, from the Union Grove, Richland Center, Darlington, Hartford, Owen Withy, Lakeside Lutheran, and Shawano FFA chapters. You don't sing? Uh, no, sir. I did play trumpet in the, in the band, but... Oh, that's good. And we do have uh, some folks that will be with you on your delegate team. Tell us how the delegate team works, and besides the 10 officers, who else will be there that will vote on policy? Yeah, so the delegates get uh, split up by representation and proportion of membership. So uh, Wisconsin, we're the 7th or 8th largest state in terms of membership in the nation, giving us 13 delegates. So uh, all 11 state officers serve as one of those delegates. Uh, But then we also have a couple spots that we open up for members to compete for. Uh, So at state convention in June, a few members... uh, 
went through a series of interviews after submitting an application, and we're actually going to take two delegates plus an alternate. So uh, those are Ben Steyer from Menominee, Courtney Zimmerman from Spencer, and Amara Livingston from Cochrane Fountain City. So they get to travel along with us to Indianapolis and uh, get to sit on committee meetings and cast votes in official business. And you were telling me that there's no theme at the National Convention anymore. No, that is correct. Yeah, National FFA actually decided to go away with the theme this year. Uh, there's just some concerns over uh, too many different uh, ideas or directions National FFA is going with that theme. I uh, really wanted to focus on one central uh, theme about what FFA is all about. And by having a different theme each year, uh, there was concer- some concern over uh, that that focus getting spread out too much. So really trying to tie things up and clean things up by sticking to our guns that way. Well, as always, the Wisconsin FFA will be well represented, uh, bringing home a lot of awards and a lot of recognition. The National FFA Convention, October 30th through November 2nd in Indianapolis. Colin Weltzine from Arcadia is our state president, leading Wisconsin's delegation this year. Colin, have a good time and make uh, make us proud. There'll be plenty of Wisconsin in the back of those Blue Jackets in Indianapolis, Bob. You bet. Colin Weltzine. State FFA president from Arcadia. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Art doesn't see disabilities. That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler like Restylane Lift is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. On the job till the cows come home. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, 520 now on a Monday morning and time to get more details on the changing weather that apparently we've got coming our way. Stu Muck, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live via Skype. Well, I'll tell you what though, buddy, this weekend was beautiful. I mean, there's still some wet spots out there that farmers are having to work around. But boy, the colors in a lot of the state, just beautiful. 
and the temperatures held pretty good. Looks like those temperatures, though, are going to be changing pretty quickly, huh? You're right on the money there, Pam. It's going to be getting cooler noticeably already today and then cooling more on toward Tuesday and Wednesday. And along with that cooler air, there'll be some precipitation chance. I don't want to say it, but here toward the end of October, some snow, and it could very well begin to accumulate. That would happen late tonight or into very early Tuesday. Now, a cool front swung through here and opened the door and let some cold air in. That's why we're going to stay colder today. There's a secondary boundary trying to hold in from the west and low pressure building up out of the southwest. A low that's going to make its way from all around Oklahoma, southern Missouri, northern Arkansas should be up into lower Michigan as we make our way to Wednesday. But as it builds up out of the south, we'll see that precipitation edge in. Expected to develop tonight and last into Tuesday day. There's some talk of a couple of inches, oh, say, Mauston to Madison. Everybody else an inch or less. I don't expect we're going to have a major snowstorm out of this at all, but there will be that rain and snow mix that will at times change to snow and even accumulate in the grass or out in those kind of muddy fields. Now, we are going to stay cooler than normal here during the week, and in fact, another small system does edge in, and even on toward later Wednesday or Wednesday night, a small chance of a little light rain that will Later in the nighttime, early Thursday, could become another rain-snow mix, enough to make it pretty sloppy, keeping those wet conditions around. We're just not going to get that really great drying weather here, and we're not going to get that big freeze-up. Although the temperatures do get colder, uh, you know, nighttime will drop below freezing, daytime highs, especially on toward Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, hold in the upper 30s. That is quite a bit cooler than normal. 54, a normal high right now. Yes, it drops a few degrees during the week, but you know, we talk about 30s and upper 30s for daytime highs. That is a colder spell that's going to be in store, and we aren't going to change that in any real big hurry. In fact, right on through next weekend, I expect we stay on that cooler side with those daytime highs only in the upper 30s, certainly cooler than we'd expect. I'll have forecast details right after this. Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Farmers like you told us that you need a John Deere skid loader that can handle big jobs, maneuver in small spaces, and is easy to operate. Enter the John Deere G-Series skid steers from Sloan Implement. Now you can zip in and out and around the farm buildings with confidence. And when you ask for a price that'll level the playing field, well, that's just what we did. Visit Sloan's.com or stop in and let us help with your Sloan deal. Through the day, I expect to see some clouds develop. I'll call it partly sunny, could become mostly cloudy in the south, and I'd look for a daytime high in the mid-40s. The northwest winds only about 5. It's tonight that some rain develops with cloudy skies, could mix with or change to snow late. Like I've said, an inch or less most places, a little heavier moss into Madison, 
30 for a nighttime low. North winds at 5 to 10. A little snow early. Some morning clouds. Sunshine redevelops Tuesday. That helps to melt any snow we see. Low 40s with the northwest winds at 5 to 10. But Wednesday, mostly cloudy. A slight chance of rain or some snowflakes by midday in the afternoon. And the high on Wednesday, probably just in the upper 30s. And those north winds will be at around 5 to 10. So it is going to get colder, Pam. And like I've said, all the way into early next week, I expect daytime highs only at best in the upper 30s, so a pretty cool spell. All righty, Long John's, here we come. Thanks to Stumacher Ag Meteorologist with those weather details you're looking for. Coming up after 5.30, you know, fortunately, a lot of our Wisconsin potato growers have been able to get their harvest complete. That wasn't the case last year, but they've still faced wet field conditions. How is that going to impact the potatoes that you're buying through the winter months? What do you need to know? We've got those stories for you before 6 o'clock. It's 5.25. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Halloween is an exciting time of the year for kids, and to help them have a safe holiday, Madison Area Crime Stoppers and local law enforcement have some safety tips. A parent or a responsible adult should always accompany young children. Stay in groups and communicate where you will be going. Costumes should be well-fitted and flame-resistant. Consider adding reflective tape to costumes and trick-or-treat bags for greater visibility. Remember to look both ways when crossing streets. Remain on well-lit streets and stay on sidewalks when possible. Never cut across yards or use alleys. Avoid dark houses. Only go to homes with a porch light on and never enter a home or car for a treat. Use glow sticks and flashlights with extra batteries for visibility. Carry a cell phone for quick communication. Examine all treats and pick out your favorite before your kids eat them. And before heading out, lock it up to prevent crimes of opportunity. And remember, if you see activity that seems suspicious, report your observations to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or, if it's happening now, call 911. (laughs) It may not require a textbook but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Wisconsin's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. 
This message presented by the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association and the Wisconsin Athletic Directors Association. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 Years in 80 Minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. This is a good one, folks. Ursan Ilyasova. How old is he actually? Very interesting. Back in 2002, a man named Arsan Ilyasov, <laughs> born in 1984, came to Turkey from his home in Uzbekistan. He was never heard from again. A month later, a man told the Turkish authorities that he had forgotten to register his 15-year-old son. So when you, like a birth certificate, he forgot to register his 15-year-old son. He waited 15 years to tell the government this. And when he registered his 15-year-old son, his name was Ersan Ilyasova. 15 years, okay? There's a man named Ersan Ilyasov, born in 1984, came to Turkey from his hometown in Uzbekistan. In Turkey, a man said he forgot to register his son 15 years down the road. When he registered him, his name was Ersan Ilyasova. A year later, the Uzbekistan Basketball Federation sent a letter of (laughs) protest to FIBA claiming that an Uzbekistan named Ersan Ilyasov was actually Ersan Ilyasova, and he was lying about his age and lying about where he was from because he wanted to play for Turkey and not Uzbekistan. Is Ernstan Ilyasova actually older than what he Whoa. says? They have a newspaper clipping and everything. There was a formal investigation done by FIBA. Uzbekistan said that Arsan Ilyasov is actually Ersan Ilyasova. If you look at it, Arsan is just Ersan spelled differently. I love that. I love a good... That Nelly? is a great one. And it's not like Turkey's not corrupt or anything, and neither <laughs> is FIBA. 
Well, this is they have newspaper clippings about it and everything. And then there's a formal investigation by FIBA. So they say that Ursan is actually a couple years older than what he's listed. And I believe in the article they're talking about when the Uzbekistan team went out to play the Turkey team. They're like, dude, that's our guy. Yeah, like, like that's it looks that's, exactly like him. That's our guy. Or you could go one further. That's I love that. It's, it's, it's dude. I'll post. I don't even know about, if this is a conspiracy theory. I think this is just facts. Well, no. How about this? I doubt Nelson has. But Evo, have you ever seen the movie Smoking Aces? Oh, dude, what a movie! Um, the 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 premise is they're trying to get this mob boss and his son. Uh, you know, but Buddy Aces Israel and yep. his father is Primo Sparazza, the yep. head of the mob. Yep. Turns out Primo Sparazza was a former FBI agent who faked his own death, killed Primo Sparazza, and took over the mob boss. Maybe this, maybe this guy, Ersan Ilyasova, took out Ersan Ilyasov, and he has just assumed his identity playing now in the NBA. Dude, I'll rub more quick on this thing. So tur- <laughs> they said Ersan Ilyasova wasn't a legal Turkish citizen, and they should have been disqualified from playing in the European Championship and the Turkish Junior Championship due to a falsified age. An Uzbeka- uh, Uzbekistani newspaper claimed to have the paperwork verifying the immigration of Ersan Ilyasov <laughs> Not Ursan Ilyasova, and they said that all of this should, they should be thrown out of the tournament wow. and disqualified. They have the p- newspaper clippings, everything. It's so wild. I love that. It. Is amazing, and I love Ursan Ilyasova. He's my, I think he's my favorite Same. buck. Sorry, Giannis. Uh, okay, so then a follow up question: Who is older, Ursan Ilyasova or Thon Maker? Ooh, what do they say? Ursan is actually four years. He's three, three years, years older. older. I think he's supposed to be thirty-seven. Yeah. Because Son Maker comes from the Sudan. That we have no. Well, there's he could no be spirit- twenty, or he could be sixty. Nobody knows how old Thon Maker is. They never had like a, an investigation into it, like they did Ursan. But <laughs> I love. I just the NBA has got so many wild stories. Ursan Ilyasova last night was balling. By the way, already yeah, taking he charges. He was in key minutes, like putting in baskets. Because the, the the NBA followed Giannis out with like five minutes and some change Dude, left. That's it was why the, the NBA thing. stinks. You Dude. can't even hardly touch a guy. Giannis didn't even and touch it's a the foul. guy. He was he literally barely had his hands on his back, just kind of resting them there, and they called him for a foul. You he wonder why people tune in come June? That's why, NBA. Dude, your product stinks. Giannis in the third quarter was like a thing of beauty. Giannis was just beasting on everyone. James Harden and Westbrook crying to each other, like complaining and bitching and moaning. It was hilarious to see. Oh, so I've, I couldn't believe that the Houston um, Rockets couldn't fill their stadium for opening night when you have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. How do you not sell that place out? Well, th- this is what I'm saying. With uh, with the problems with the NFL refs right now and the problems with the NBA refs, you, you guys know what it's time for, right? Terminator? Well, Skynet. The, the computer. Yeah. Oh, we need Terminator to help we, fight no, it. We need, no, we need computers. Computers need – I've said this forever. People made fun of me like three years ago after the uh, Jazz Peavy. This is when I first got on my campaign – Human beings need to be replaced by robots or computers for refereeing. They, they cannot keep up with the speed and the physicalness and the athleticism of professional athletes. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All righty, 535 on the clock on a Monday morning coming up before 6 o'clock. You know, we pay a lot of attention here in the farm department to our corn, our soybeans, our alfalfa, but there's a lot of other high-value crops Wisconsin farmers are growing. How did our Wisconsin potato and vegetable growers fair this year. They faced the same challenges this spring as corn and soybean growers, and they've had the same kind of challenges with the harvest. We're talking about it with Tamis Houlihan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers, before 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yankee. 
Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. Not a lot of real big notable items on this date in history that I could find. I did note that on this date back in 1892, they had a major fire in Milwaukee's Third Ward. They say an exploding oil barrel started as a small fire, but it spread really rapidly. By the morning, they had four people that were dead, 440 buildings that were destroyed, more than 1,900 people in the Irish neighborhood that were left homeless. They consider that fire the most disastrous fire in Milwaukee's history. Happened on this date in 1892, and now you know. We know that there's a lot of Wisconsin farmers, farmers all across the upper Midwest that are witnessing some very significant delays when it comes to the harvest of 2019. On Friday, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced that they are going to be working with federal crop insurance providers to try to figure out a way to allow for a delayed harvest. It's kind of tricky if you take a look at your actual insurance language, but they're working on it for states like Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Wisconsin, areas that have been affected by extremely wet and snowy conditions this fall. Martin Barber is the administrator of USDA's Risk Management Agency. He visited with Josh Scramlin on Friday and has got some advice for farmers that are looking at that delayed harvest. What, what you should be saying is it's um, been too wet, and I'm still wanting to harvest. I still need to harvest. I want to harvest. You know, that's, I, most producers in this country, they're out there for one thing, and that's to raise the best crop they can, and that's what we're here to help them do. And with that being said, they just need to tell their, their agent, and, and, and I don't want to make this clear. Don't just call your agent, send them a text, send them an email, have something in black and white so you can say, yes, I called my agent. The agent will then take that information. You tell the agent, you know, it's too wet, I'm still trying to harvest. agent will file a, a what's called an extended period of time to harvest with the AIPs. The AIPs, the approved insurance providers, we have 14 across the country that producers and agents work with to, to you know, ensure their policies. And they will grant these based on a countywide basis. So if a producer with company X files a, you know, an, asks for an extension of time to harvest, AIP approves that, so they would be good for that county, for any any producer in that county that's with that company. Now, you, if it's a different company, you need to have filed it yourself. So the main point there is make, producers need to make sure everyone who is concerned with this, who's bumping up against this end of insurance period, needs to file that notice of loss with their agent, and then the companies will take it from there. Companies are very good about, you know, approving these. I mean, these are, these are things that are good for the company as well as the producer. So, you know, it's, it's something that we always, we've had this in our policy for many, many years. And usually doesn't have to be, you know, we usually don't have to get on the radio and, and talk about this. But this year we had to put out the press release. we got to make sure producers are, are aware of their, of their duties for their policy as well. Martin Barber is the administrator of USDA's Risk Management Agency. And like he said, you as growers have some responsibility to your crop insurance providers if it looks like you are going to see delays. Uh, end of insurance period for crops like spring-planted wheat and barley is October 31st. For corn and soybeans, it's December 10th. And believe me, this year, those are dates you might want to keep in mind. Coming up next, markets on Friday. Not real impressed with the volume of business we've seen yet from China. We'll get to the numbers next. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. 
Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Kind of like a slap in the face the way that Mother Nature has decided to change on us. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee here for my buddies at McFarland's right there in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, where everything is under one roof. And I'll tell you what, if you got surprised by how quickly the elements changed, hey, McFarland's has your back. So drop on by if you're looking for those winter tires you're going to depend on through these long winter months. Or maybe it's a project you wanted to finish up on the house. Maybe it's something about windows or doors or making sure your house is ready for the winter. They've got it all under one roof. Or maybe it's something out in the tool shed. Maybe you need to winterize that lawnmower or maybe get it ready for spring next year. Or maybe it's a tune-up on that snowblower. Maybe the chainsaw needs attention. Hey, Whatever it is, McFarland's has you covered all under one roof. Don't believe me? Stop by for yourself. 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. So whether you're just starting out or on your way to building a legacy, we're here for you and wishing you a safe and bountiful harvest. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Well, we'll wait and see what the Crop Progress Report has to say this afternoon as far as the harvest and where we're at with corn and beans. Friday in Chicago, December corn finished unchanged at 386 and three quarters. March corn was down a half at 397 and a quarter. November beans took a hit, lacking any new developments with China. November beans were down 13 at 920 and a quarter. January beans down 12 and a half at 934 and a half. December wheat was up a penny and three quarters, 517 and three quarters. July wheat, two and a quarter higher on Friday to 532 and a half. Dairy did well on Friday. Barrel cheese was up another nickel at 225. 40 pound block cheese, that was down just a quarter of a cent, 212 and a quarter. Double A butter up a quarter of a cent, 206 a pound. November milk finished 18 cents higher at 1955. December was up nine, 1857. Coming up next, how's the farm gate looking up in the central sand, the areas where our growers are producing potatoes and vegetables? Tamas Houlihan with the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers joins us with an update next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Let's do it again, Madison. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke here for my buddies at Zimbrick Chevrolet, Main Street, Sun Prairie. You know, voting is on right now for Madison Magazine's annual Best of Madison Voting. Last year, my buddies at Zimbrick were voted Best of Madison in all three automotive categories, Auto Dealer, Auto Repair, and Body Shop. Now, this year, there are eight categories, and Zimbrick's been nominated in all of them. Whether it's about a new used car, auto detailing, any auto bottle repair, or auto parts, my buddies at Zimbrick never disappoint. And I hope that you'll take time to jump online and vote for them again. MadisonMagazine.com backslash B-O-M and then vote Zimbrick in all eight of those categories. If you haven't had a chance to find out why Zimbrick Chevrolet Main Street Sun Prairie is best of Madison, check them out today. And by the way, tell them the fabulous farm babe sent you. 
Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out-yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or High Soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company. Bring on more acres with the all-new Lexian 8000 and 7000 series combines at Ziegler Ag Equipment. These machines were built to cut through acres with an expanded capacity system for 10% more throughput and the industry's largest grain tank with faster unloading speeds. And optimize your cutting and feeding performance with the right header for the job, like the new Convio Flex Draper from Kloss, offering more visibility, more simplicity, and more efficiency. Ask your Ziegler sales rep for more information because you can't put more hours in the day, but you can put in more acres. She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You know, later today we're going to get a weekly update on how our corn and soybean harvest is coming along, even the quality of the crop. That can't be said for a lot of the specialty crops that our Wisconsin farmers are growing. Take, for example, our Wisconsin potatoes and our vegetables. Thomas Houlihan is executive director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers. You know, last year was just an absolutely atrocious year for our potato growers. Uh, too much wet weather, couldn't get the crop out of the ground. When they did get it out of the ground, it was rotten. What about this year? They've had plenty of wet weather, and they were delayed this spring just like corn and soybean growers. What can consumers expect from Wisconsin potato growers this year going into 2020? I had a chat with Tamas and asked him to give me an update. Well, it was certainly a very difficult harvest season, and there are still a few hundred acres in the ground, which is a lot better situation than we had last year. Um, when we were in late September and we were suffering through heat, and a lot of rain, we were thinking, oh, no, this is a repeat of 2018, where we ended up with 5,000 acres unharvested um, for our potato crop, and they ended up getting frosted, and it was a complete disaster, maybe the worst year in the history of our state. That did not happen this year, thankfully. Um, We were able to get a lot of potatoes out of the ground the first two to three weeks of October, Um, We still have a little ways to go, and we are afraid of the cold temperatures overnight tonight. But we are winding down. I mean, we grow about 63,000 acres of potatoes in our state, and to only have a few hundred to go is just wonderful news for our producers. They really were worried in September, but thankfully, uh, particularly the week of October 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, we just had tremendous harvest conditions. And growers help neighbors, and and they just went around the clock in some cases. And so we were really fortunate that we did not have a repeat of 2018. Now, what about the quality of the crop, Tamas? Getting it out of the ground is one thing, but then the quality of that crop, given the delayed spring planting in some areas, how's that looking? Well, we definitely have a smaller crop than normal. Um, Our yields are down. The size profile of the potatoes is a little bit smaller. Um, we generally like to have those nice, big, uh, bigger-than-a-baseball-sized potatoes, um, the long oblong russets for baking. We like to see a 6- to 10-ounce potato tuber, and we're a little bit under that. Um, there are still some low spots in fields that we weren't able to harvest. They were just too wet, 
And you're right, the whole growing season was a challenge. I mean, we had snow in the middle of April when we typically start planting um, and just tremendous amounts of rain again this year. And so I would say on the fields that we're able to harvest, the quality has been outstanding. In fact, a lot of growers said they were stunned at how good the quality was uh, based on all the challenges this growing season. Um, but certainly smaller potatoes, smaller yields, um, but so far, the quality's been excellent. Excellent. That's good to hear. Now, f- some folks don't realize that's a, a very critical because we need these spuds to store well through the winter so we've still got some reserves by next spring. Absolutely. And there are concerns about what we're putting into storage. Um, any potatoes that sat in water for any length of time, say a week or longer, we're very concerned that those are not going to be able to hold up for long-term storage. Now, the good thing is that we've learned over the years that where you have questionable spuds, sell them early. Get them off the doors in October, November, and that's not to say they're bad potatoes now. It's just that they wouldn't last in storage into April, May, June when we still want to be shipping and supplying our grocery stores and restaurants um, with potatoes. So there are concerns with storage, but I think we'll see a lot of movement of the questionable potatoes uh, early in the fall. Now, is this happening anywhere else? I mean, Wisconsin, obviously, Tam, is not the only place where potatoes are grown on a commercial scale. Are we hearing anything from other states that, number one, might enhance the value of our Wisconsin potatoes or maybe go the other way? Yes, we have a couple of disasters on our hand, and we never like to see it happen to our neighbors out west. Um, but it did happen. Idaho had a terrible freeze. Um, the week that we had tremendous harvest conditions, they had temperatures in the teens. And there was still, I've, I've heard, upwards of 30% of their crop in the ground. Other estimates were known it's only more like 15%. But it was a significant percentage of Idaho's crop. And they're a huge producer. They produce five times as many potatoes as our state. So when they lose 15 to 30%, it's a tremendous hit to the overall supply of potatoes in the United States. Another area that's really in trouble is the Red River Valley area of North Dakota and Minnesota. They had incredible amounts of rainfall. Uh, their fields were flooded in September, October, and then they got nailed by a frost. Uh, and, and not so much a frost, but a 30-inch snowfall. The blizzard that came through Montana and North Dakota landed on top of saturated potato fields. And so those folks are really going to need to work with their insurance agents. And, and I think the, the USDA is even going to implement a federal emergency assistance program for the growers in North Dakota and Minnesota. Wow. Wow. So, but does that mean hopefully better prices? I know our Wisconsin potato growers have been struggling with uh, less than profitable prices. Is this unfortunately going to help them? It absolutely is. Uh, the price of potatoes is already way higher than it usually is this time of year. Typically in October, all of these regions are harvesting potatoes, and there's a ton of potatoes on the market. This year, that's not the case, and it's going to be that way all through the winter and into the spring. Seed potato supplies are going to be extremely tight. Uh, a lot of the Idaho crop that was lost um, was dedicated to seed potatoes. Similar problems in Montana and, and a lot of the seed potatoes in North Dakota and Minnesota are having problems. So, yes, unfortunately, um, when other areas suffer, 
it reduces the overall supply, and then those who do have potatoes generally make a lot of money. Uh, the price goes up. And, you know, last year it was our turn to, to really take a hit and suffer. And so this year I think our vendors will benefit from, from unfortunately, the problems in other areas. Right, right, right. Thomas Hulan, along with us from the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers. Let me switch gears just a second, Thomas, and talk a little bit about as we go forward. One thing that the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers have been very diligent on is proactive when it comes to the water quality questions the state deals with, water movement, water volumes, and now is the time when you're reaching out to a lot of those potato growers as they plan their growing season of 2020 to stay engaged in that conversation. Can you update us on what's been going on recently? Sure. Um, We continue to spend a huge portion of our budget on research. And a lot of our research is focused on groundwater quality and quantity issues. Um, A few years ago, our main focus was quantity. A lot of people suspected that the high-capacity wells and all the irrigation that was going on was drying up rivers, lakes, and streams. And in very rare instances where we'd have a very dry year, there were a couple of small streams that were drying up. And so we looked very seriously at that. And what can we do to conserve water? Well, you know what happened the last two and, and even going back three years, we've had tremendous amounts of precipitation to where that's not even a question anymore. These lakes that were low-level lakes are now higher than they were 50 years ago. And the flows of some of the rivers and streams in central Wisconsin are at all-time highs. I think I heard Lake Michigan is even up, you know, 15 inches, which is just incredible for a water body that big. And so the water quantity issues have kind of quieted down. We And we were saying all along, this is really driven by climate. And I think it, it's borne out to be true that when we have this kind of precipitation, um, we have nothing to worry about when it comes to water quantity. Quality is another issue. And, and we do know there are very high nitrate levels in a lot of areas in the central sands. And our growers are working really hard to manage their applications of nitrogen and other plant nutrients. Um, we've gotten um, a lot of good research, even on, on topics as sensitive as how much nitrate is in the groundwater when you irrigate. And so we, we sponsored some research studies to look at that and quantify, you know, are we making a nitrogen application when we're irrigating? And in some cases, we are. And so Dr. Chris Kachark at the University of Wisconsin did a, a nice study in the central sands that indicated, yes, there are significant amounts of nitrogen going on in the irrigation water, and our growers need to account for that. And it's similar with other research projects that deal with split applications of fertilizers and applying only what the plants can use at the proper times and when the plants really need it. And so our focus has been research, research, research to make sure we're doing the best job we can when it comes to applying nutrients to the crop. And that's a story that's continuing to unfold, not just for our Wisconsin potato and vegetable growers, but for all of Wisconsin agriculture. Thomas Houlihan, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Potato and Vegetable Growers, he's up there in Anago where they're headed.